Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. So Father's Day, it's uh, an early 20th century US invention. So America invented Father's Day, just so you know. And they did it to balance Mother's Day. They had Mother's Day and, and obviously, you know, people said we need Father's Day. And the purpose of Father's Day is an opportunity to honour fatherhood and the role it plays in family and the role it plays in society. I think it's also important to say that, uh, like Mother's Day, Father's Day is a source of pain for many, those who've not been able to have children uh, and become fathers, those whose fathers have died, uh, were absent or even abusive. Um, I'm a father. Um, However, interestingly enough, uh, I never experienced having one. My father died when I was two, so I never actually knew him. And I think, you know, the lack of my uh, having a father had a huge impact uh, on my life. And, and that's really shown me the effect that fathers can and do have by that, that absence uh, that's in my life. Um, in some way, you know, not having a father, I felt rudderless. I can remember, you know, once in my life, unsure of what to do next, and someone saying to me, well, you do whatever you want to do. You know, that's the important thing, do what you'd like to do. But for me, it wasn't. You know, I wanted some sort of guidance. Um, Also, it's interesting to see the list of people, famous people who had absent fathers. Uh, Barack Obama, Steve Jobs, Jack Nicholson, Marilyn Monroe, Jeff Bezos, Angelina Jolie, all absent fathers. It does have an effect. Um, And in this case, uh, Jung describes it as the drivenness of the absent father. It's the the search for the father. And you can see it in, in a drivenness in some people. On a negative side, I think it's important to say that fatherless children are at a dramatic risk of increase of drug and alcohol abuse, of mental illness, of suicide, uh, poor educational performance, uh, teen pregnancy and criminality. If you look at the statistics, absent fathers show that. Uh, maybe a, sort of dif- a different sort of search for external sources of self-esteem. So, you know, that's interesting on fathers. It, I also think it's interesting to think that we... We often associate the earth as mother, um, mother earth we, we talk about. And women are intimately connected to the earth, really, through menstruation uh, and through childbirth. There is a sort of physical connection to the earth with women. And, but I think with men, the connection is more to the sky. Uh, when we say, you know, our father in heaven... You know, we do automatically have the idea of an old man in the sky. And in a way, it feels right on one level, uh, really, because, you know, the female contains, and to some extent, the male reaches for the stars with aspirations and visions. And I want to say that, you know, this, I'm not just talking about fathers and mothers. I'm talking about the male and the female in each of us. Each of us has male and female within us. And we're really talking about the sort of gender ideas of maleness and femaleness. Um, 
the, 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 we all have an ability uh, to contain men and, and women, and we also have the, the ability to project, project uh, and also to have visions. Bill Hunt sometimes calls me his sky pilot. <laughs> I go absolutely, it's my sky pilot, Nicholas. And, um, and that relates to the maleness of navigating our way through the universe with ideas and aspirations. And I think one of the reasons that my wife Heather and I work together so well is she's very grounded in her body, you know, her emotions, her, her connections, whereas I tend to be a bit off with the fairies. Uh, with ideas that I, I to come up with. And I think both are relevant, you know. So there's that groundedness. You'll be relieved here. She's coming back to take services with me in the fall. But today we're looking at that maleness. Um, I like the chakras, you know, that, that idea, Buddhist idea of different energy sort of locations within your body. And uh, if you look at the chakras, they really do bridge the gap between the groundedness of the female and the sky piloting of the males. You've got there are different sort of energy sources. And the, the, the sort of root chakra, the sort of basic one, is at the base of your spine. That's the sort of earthy chakra. And then you've got the sacral chakra, which is here. And both those are sort of like linking in. You've got the heart chakra. So you've got the base, you've got the sacral, you've got the heart chakra. And then you've got the solar plexus chakra, and you're getting into the sort of breathing bit here. That's the next one. And then after the, the, the you, you've got the throat chakra, and then you've got the, the, the crown chakra, which leaps off into the sky. And then you've got the third eye chakra. This may sound a bit weird, but it's a quite useful concept, which actually links with the universe. And I think it gives you that picture of the body being rooted in the earth and up and open and into the sky. And I use that, that thought in my spiritual practice every day, and it allows me to move through various bits of my body. And I think it's important to do that, to feel our rootedness, to feel our connection with the openness. But I think the key thing with this is to have male and female in harmony, the body and the mind in harmony. That, that's the important thing. Thich Nhat Hanh, who often speak of here, uh, he says, when the body and mind are together, you're present. You're fully alive. And you can touch the wonders of life that are available in the here and now. So you practice not only with your mind, but with your body. Body and mind should be experienced as one thing, not two. On that ground, you can see that everything you're looking for is already there. So the challenge for the female part is to include the mind, the aspirations. And the challenge for the male part is to include the body. And all of us have that challenge with us, to, to feel those, those two aspects together. Each of us can see the emphasis that we're used to using. You know, I tend to be, as I said, more in my mind. Um, and my challenge is to embody my living, my living, which is why I use it in my spiritual practice, to try and ground myself a bit more. My, my wife's tried to get me to do yoga, but uh, I can only go so far. <laughs> you know, I have turned up to various lead with love events and 
done the hanging dog or whatever it's called. But, you know, really, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I much prefer meditation. Which is not the hanging dog. Is that not one? No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, whatever emphasis we're used to, the key thing is to experience one or part, you know, to experience this as a whole rather than just a part. And it seems to me that that frees us from being trapped in one part or another. And I think the thing that really does trap us and makes us go into one of those, either of those two parts, is time. You know, time is that great thing which is there for us. And it, and it drives, you can see time in the earth, you can see time in the sky. And we're, we're forever at the effect of time. Um, from the perspective of, of the chakras, you know, that idea, clock time binds us to the earth. In our stomach, in our breathing, the pulse of our hearts, our expression with our throat. And then we get start our connection with the universe and our third eye releases us you know, into the visionary ethers of time. So that you can see the chakras linking in the whole aspects of time. I mentioned that idea last week, which I think is a freeing idea in terms of time, which is that we're not trapped by clock time. But in fact, spiritually, we can be released into all time. And I think that helps with the harmony of it. And all time includes, there are different aspects of time. There's clock time, there's natural time, there's biological duration, there's pulse, there's rhythm, there's meter, the duration mental dividing of time that we all have, and then cosmic time. And that cosmic time, which I think we aspire to, is, in, is that time which includes both past and present and future. Cosmic time includes past and present and future. And in cosmic time, the now, and spiritually, you're always trying to get in the now. The trouble is when you're trying to get in the now, you say, is it now? No, no, it's now. No, no, now. Be in the now. Which now? Is it that now or is it the next now? And cosmic time is, presents time not as moments like that, but as a balmy ocean of past and future that we're floating in, and where we can look back at the horizon of the past and forward to the horizon of the future. And both horizons are present as we are connected in that idea of the eternal now. We float in an idea that includes the future as being in the present and includes the past as being in the present. So you're totally free at that level. Now, that's an example of sky piloting. You know, that's one of those ideas, really. Wow, that's a male type of idea. But it's quite a freeing idea, I think, the idea of, of living in that cosmic time, a typical male way of thinking about things, and very different to the rootedness of the female. I think both are valid. And to negotiate our way through life, we do need both. You know, here at the Aspen Chapel, one of our mantras here is that we encourage each other to live life more skillfully. That, that's right. We don't really, you know, I can't really, we don't really believe in anything. But we encourage each other to live life more skillfully by discovering the wisdom within ourselves, which is not a function of belief, and discovering the wisdom in each other, again, which is not a function of, of belief, and sharing that wisdom together in order for us to live life more skillfully. And all of us needs, both male and female, to do that. And I think often we reject one or the other. 
Some of us refuse to be rooted in our bodies, thinking that it's limiting and weak. And others refuse to accept the ecstatic. Ecstatic is an interesting word. It comes from two uh, Greek words, ek, which means out, and histani, which means of place, the order of things. So it's out of the natural order of things, out of the realm of place, which is what the male tends to be. He tends to go ecstatic. So you need both the rootedness and the ecstatic. The maleness leads us through inspiration to new insights into the universe, whereas the female, through instinct, allows us to experience how things really are on the ground. Both together enable us to negotiate our way and navigate our way through life. And much of our work spiritually is, I think, developing either one or the other to live in that balance of the two. Another concept within that is, I spoke about last week, the idea of experiencing belonging. And I said that the entomology of the word to belong comes from a German word, gehoren. Gehoren is the German word, which is the entomology of the word belong. And gehoren comes from the word, horen means hear, to, to listen, horen. So to listen together is to belong. That's where the word belonging comes from. And I think like whales, we navigate our way through life by listening, gehorening, belonging to the promptings of both the male and the female. We create our balance in that way. And it's interesting, you know, I think much of religion, I think, tends to be skewed towards the male. Religion tends to be screwed. To, in, in Christianity, God is described as father. Quite erroneously, I think. There's no reason why the divine spirit should be he, she, or even it. The idea of divinity seems, I think, to go beyond gender. Um, Jesus said, our father, and religion's pretty unanimous in declaring the masculinity of God. You know, Muslims, Jews, Christians, Hindus, Buddhists. You know, there's a great, quite a big focus on the male. And that obviously, I think, you know, has a negativity to it. The, the patriarchy, the affirmation of the supremacy of the male, reflected in the custom of primogeniture, which, uh, which means the male line inherits everything. Up till recently in England, only male heirs inherited estates, including the monarchy. And I think there's a lot to be said for the idea, you know, of a male conspiracy, you know, to give the upper hand. But also, when you look at the fatherliness, you've also got the concept of fatherly care. And I think that's an important concept when you're looking at uh, the whole idea of fatherness. So in the Bible, it talks of a father to the fatherless, God being a defender of widows, uh, a holy dwelling. Which of you, if your son asks you, will give him a stone if he asks for bread? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? So there is an idea of care and order in fatherliness. And I think that goes for creation and care in the universe as well, the cosmos. That word cosmos, literally in Greek, means uh, the order of the world. The order of the world. And if you're going to put, uh, you know, uh, one thing that, that I think fatherly, fathers relate to, for me it would be fathers give a caring order to life. They give a caring order to life. One that embodies physical strength as opposed to the more fecund weave strength that comes from the feminine. 
there's an energy, there's an adaptability and a freedom that comes, I think, as well from the energy of the father. A bit like the idea that in order to play a game of football, you have to have basic rules. The father gives the context in love for those rules to be present. And I think as men, our real power comes when we use our, our soft hearts rather than our hard hearts. The idea that wisdom is knowledge informed by love. Which I think is a lovely idea. Wisdom is knowledge informed by love. And that's the balance of the male and the female. Last page if you're panicking. And similarly to the power of men to create order, it has to be, you know, that has to be informed by love rather than the desire for control. And that love is brought to us by service. We use that love through service, a service to God and to our neighbor, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. That is the, what we're asked to do. And I think as men, we're asked to create order out of service. And I think that is where real power comes from. Jesus did the same, the idea of the humble king who didn't seek equality with God but made himself nothing. And that's the template of what I think the full expression of maleness is. Our maleness, our fatherness, whether we be men or women, must be informed by that love. The soft-heartedness that doesn't burn women at the stake out of fear, but creates harmony and balance that will care for all. A balance that sees the role of both men and women play and one that empowers both roles. So as fathers, we do have a role in creating vision and order, of being the rock upon which families are built. However, we need to realize that it must be in balance and in female qualities and with an intrinsic aspect of service. That idea of care and order going together, of love and order, is at the heart of what it means to be spiritual, I think. Our role is uh, to care and order together, not abusing but nurturing. In reality, providing the environment for children to grow in love and self-esteem. And each of us will have a different way of doing that. We all have our qualities as men that we've been able to emphasize, to be open-minded, available, strong, loving, fair, giving, providing, teaching, encouraging, and accepting. Maybe, maybe you think of a quality that you'd like from maleness to embody. We have a role to play alongside that of women. We complement each other, I think, both male and female. Let's just have a, a moment of prayer just to, on this Father's Day. Divine Spirit, we lift this day our gratitude for the loving men who brought us the precious heart of your fatherly love. We give thanks to you this day for those who've shown us kindness, for those who've shown us courage, for those who've shown us generosity, for those who've shown us truth, for those who've shown us compassion, for those who've shown us faith, and for those who've shown us love. Blessed be the name of all sons and brothers and fathers who reveal a glimpse of your loving presence on earth. Great Spirit, you inspire your people in the ways of kindness that lift our world. Every son, brother, father and grandfather who has suffered and endured.
May they grow in your love. Hear our prayer for this broken world. We pray for peace this Father's Day. Amen. I'm done. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.